Haitian people are a very resilient people. But why do we have to endure so much just to gain anyone's respect, just to gain anybody's anything? You can actually apply that to any and everybody. But the way that Haitian people have been treated is inhumane. This isn't a political issue, even though I understand policy and such and such and immigration. I understand all of that. This is a life issue. It's literally life and death. You know, I understand that my tone may be aggressive at times and, you know, I come off very angry. But wouldn't you? If you knew your people were suffering and everybody just turned a blind eye to it or tried to use it to their advantage. I'll be 100 percent honest with you right now. I feel helpless right now. Because, you know, I try to do the right thing. But right now it feels like it doesn't matter. Like no matter how much I try to help or bring awareness, it just doesn't matter. And I understand no one person can save or change anything. But it's still very deflating. But this isn't about how I feel. This is about people. Humans being treated less than such. I'm not here to dump on anybody. I've already shared my thoughts on the White Clefts and Karen Seville's of the world. I'm here to appeal to everybody's humanity. For the love of God, I'm begging you. Treat people better, even on a day-to-day basis. Your day-to-day interactions, please treat people better. Because it kills me. It fucking kills me that we live on a planet where people treat people like this. It's evil. There's no other word for it. I'm asking y'all to give a fuck about others, please. Thank you to everybody who's reached out or who's helped Haiti in any legitimate way. I appreciate it from the bottom of my motherfucking heart. My brother Wallace, I appreciate you so fucking much. Thank you for reaching out to make an actual plan. That shit matters to me. This shit matters and it should matter to everybody because Haitian people fucking matter. We're human. Haitian isn't a word. It isn't a thing. Haitian is people. That's who we are. You know, I know I don't have a flag in my bio and I joke about that all the time. But right now, this is not a joking time. Because being Haitian is who the fuck I am. That's my fucking family. And nothing in the world is more important to me than that. You are now listening to Learn Life, hosted by Alan Patron. Shout out to the family. I don't want no friends no more. Not many understand me. All right. You, y'all know how I give it up. I be dolo. I just try to get in and out really, really quickly. I don't like to waste your time. But with this brother right here, it ain't no waste of time. The first guest on Learn Life Man. is my brother, Mariano. Yeah. It was good, man. Listen, man, you know the voice, you know the hairline and all that. You know what I'm saying? You know it's me. <laughs> I'm very you know happy it's me, man. No, nah, I'm I'm happy to be here, man. You know what I mean? Uh you know, I mean it's only right, you know, you don't have guests on. It, it it's only right that I'll be the I'll be the first one. Yeah, and there's, there's a particular reason why I wanted to have you on. Yeah. You know, 
I wanted to have some of our private conversations in public. Absolutely. Um, it's important. Over the past year or so, you know, you, <laughs> the pandemic, everybody understands where we've been mm -hmm. at that. And I don't even want to say soul searching. I've just been getting uh, more comfortable with myself mm -hmm. and getting back to liking myself. I think that I spend so much time hating myself and I would have those fleeting moments of liking myself. And now I kind of reversed it yeah. where I like myself way more. And then, you know, I have these fleeting moments of like feeling deflated, depleted, and I don't really like the space that I'm in. Mm -hmm. But one of those things that came with that is that I realized I needed to mend a lot of relationships that I broke mm -hmm. that it, it, I can't even say broke. I just want to say, I didn't know how to communicate properly. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of people, we talk about mental health and, and that's a big issue in our community now. And I appreciate those conversations because they're so important for us to have. And I feel like a lot of people always think that people are pretending. No, for me, I was pretending to be fine. I wasn't mm. pretending that there was something wrong. Mm. So mm. I looked that's, at that's I looked important. at the relation, right? I looked at the relationships I wanted to mend. And you know, I, I I went back and started talking to a few people, and you were one of the people that I felt like I needed to apologize to. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what it was, honestly. Like I just what what I have is like when I'm not in a good space, I yeah. look for something to you know, blame. I look for something to be angry towards or angry mm -hmm. about and it be, it could be the littlest thing, but then I make it a bigger thing so, because yeah. I, you know what I mean? Cause I'm deflecting from. Yeah. Cause myself. like you said, cause you need to, like you said, you need to make it, you need to make it make sense. Like even if it, even if in that moment, it can just make sense for a second. It's like, okay, you know what? Cool. I, I got what I needed. Because I didn't want to look in the mirror. Honestly, yeah. that's, that's what it was for me. So yeah. You know, I apologize to you again on here because yeah. you deserve that. And yeah, um, that we're back. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, no, nah, we definitely. But I mean, but I think it's important for me to acknowledge, you know, just from from my side, right? Like from my point of view, because it's like, you know, through all the years of of disconnect, I'll say, because it wasn't like a it wasn't like a beef or like a it wasn't like something going, you know, whatever. There was no like vitriol coming from my side. It was always more like confusion. Um, that grew into like disappointment when you look back and be like, damn, man, we could have, oh man, we should have, or, or or things happen in your life and you're like, damn, B, this nigga ain't even around for me to tell him. You know what I mean? That um, part so right I, there. Yeah. That part right there. Like, like is, important shit. You know what I mean? Like milestone shit that happened. It's like, yes, it, you, you know how it feels. You know how it feels when you, when something, when it's somebody that's not there that you know is supposed to be there in those moments, you get what I'm saying? Like right. even just to hear it, even to crack a joke about it, whatever it is, you know. Exactly. That and that's the the little the little part. It's the, it's, <laughs> like, it's, in, it's the details. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean. And so it's like always in the back of my mind. I kept that. You know what I mean? Because it was, it, and and it kind of got to one of those points where it was like, as we both ascend in these like you know in these spaces, right? We ascend in this industry. Uh, it's like I know I'm gonna see him. When we got too many people in common, you know right. what I mean? Too many people that we love in common. It's, it's going to happen. In my head, it always happened like, oh, it's some party that happened. And it's like, yeah, yeah, we about to be at this party and we're going to do this. And I see you there. And it's like, it wasn't going to be no, yeah. oh, shit. That's just, it, if anything, it would have been like, this nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? And What um, you drinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But I'm, you know, but uh, I and, and I accept that apology and I appreciate you for not only saying it, but for believing it, you know, like it's, it's, it's not enough to just say it to somebody like, oh, right. my bad, man. I apologize. Like 
to pick specific things out and to be vulnerable enough to even put yourself in that space because you don't know where my head was, you know, at that at you that point of time. I could have right. <laughs> anything. I could have deleted it and went about my day, like whatever. Right. But you know, to be to be vulnerable enough to even say that, you know, it takes a lot. So I want to commend you for that. And I appreciate, I appreciate you for doing that because, you know, it like it's been too long. You know what I mean? Like this is one of them things like, yo, it, it was time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I appreciate you accepting the apology because like for me, like you said, there was no ritual. It was no maliciousness on my end. It was just me again, not willing to deal with myself. So it was yeah. just like, no, it makes sense. Of, instead of, apolog instead yeah. of apologizing, you kind of just, eh. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and after a while, I think it, right. when, you, when you let things like that linger, it's easy to get caught up in that space so much that it just becomes normal to you. That's such a comfortable place. Yeah, for you. it's comfortable. Absolutely. And you're like, you know what? It, it kind of is what it is. But, you know, in the back of your mind, you're like, well, one day. Nah, I'll say this shit one day, maybe. And then one day right. takes years, you know what I mean? And turn into couple, Exactly, because right. life happens in between that. You know, life doesn't care about your plans or what you had, you know, what you no. was going to do tomorrow. It's, it's whatever. But you know, um, you know, like I said, man, we we back mobbing, man. Yeah, and and I think that this is an important conversation just for, and I, I understand that my podcast is geared towards men, but whoever's listening, women yeah. as well. Yeah, I feel like um, mending relationships is an important thing. We can't have it where, all right, I understand you're not gonna like everybody. People do stop being friends. I I completely understand. Absolutely, there could be valid reasons for it or whatever. But like the petty shit, the things that like a miscommunication and stuff, we gotta get. We got to get over that. Yes, yes. That's that's most important is the miscommunication because if 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 you and I sit down somewhere and have a disagreement, that's healthy communication because I'm telling you something, you disagree with it, and then we can start to build from there. But the miscommunication where it's like nobody says anything and then people just let shit grow and just, you know. And it becomes, it becomes Yeah, because, you know, at that point, it's kind of like, is that worse than if we had an actual feud falling out? You know what I mean? I think it's. I think it might be worse because if you had an actual falling out with somebody, at least you can pinpoint it when somebody asks you. Some clarity say, to it, right? This is what happened. We got into it because this nigga said this, or I said that, and I didn't like that, or he didn't like whatever. But when it's nothing to, when it's nothing to kind of blame or nothing to pinpoint, it's like, damn, like what? You know what I mean? At a point, it's like what the what the wait? What happened when people ask you like, hey, so what's right. up? I, I don't know. And you know what I think it is too for me, and I think it is, I can apply this to a lot of people. We don't like confrontation, and it's not so yeah. much like I'm gonna back down if somebody tries me. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like we don't like that feeling of confrontation. We don't like that because it's like we have to confront ourselves and something that we did. Yeah. So it's like that's the part of confrontation that you know I don't like. I don't like mm -hmm. having to face that. So I've been working on that, and I also think you know getting older. Yeah, also 100%. In therapy, honestly. Um, yeah. I don't sit up here try to act like I'm a therapist. You guys got to go to therapy, you damn self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I, I know what works for me. And I, yeah. feel I actually plan on going to therapy after all these years. Um, You know, like, you know, if anybody know me, you know, you know, like I, I lost my brother when I was 17, right? Um, So it's, it'd be 16 years this year. You know, like my brother was killed, right? Like I even have a, I even have to catch myself by saying like, yeah, my brother passed. Like my brother was killed. I need to say that. Because that's what happened, you know, and that's where the trauma comes from. Um, you know, and, it, and it's funny. Uh, I actually had this conversation. I'll, I'll get back to this in a second. I had this conversation with my wife like last night and she was asking me um, the, the the different ways that I grieve over my brother versus like my dad. Right. I lost my dad in 2018. Right. Um, and I was like, you know what? I said, I, I, I battled with that internally for, for months because I didn't even know how to express it, articulate it or even ask somebody 
because I didn't even know what was going on. But the reason why I um, grieved different for them is because my brother was taken away from me when I was 17 years old, like, you know, at like the most important transition of my life. I'm growing into where we can have these grown up conversations. My dad lived a full life. You know what I'm saying? Like my dad lived, a, he lived a great life. He had a chance to teenager, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. You know, like he he lived a good life. And that's he always expressed that to me every time, whether it was going to get something he wanted to eat, something he wanted to drink. He used to always tell me, yo, I'm living my, I'm, I'm living my life, man. You know what I mean? Until, until it's over. I'm going to eat what I want till I physically can't chew this shit no more. You know what I mean? So when I, th- when I thought about my pot, and, and that's what it was for me, it was the lives that they lived and how they, how they transitioned. And, and, you know, that's where it came from. Um, but to go back to the point about therapy, I didn't, uh, I wasn't open to going to therapy when my brother was killed because, you know, in our community, it's not a conversation that we have. You're crazy. You're yeah, crazy. it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like, what's up? You know, you, you man, you'll be, not even you'll be all right. Because I know I had friends around that time who had, you know, their brothers were killed as well. And it's like, we gave each other that, you know, they gave each other that space to heal, but I wasn't in those shoes before. When it was on me, I used to be like, man, I don't even know where to start. Like, who? I can't even say, you know, and my mom suggested I go to therapy and I just never did. But I'm, I, I want to get around to going for sure. Well, let me just tell you something about that. There's no right or wrong way to grieve. There's no right or way to to mourn. You can do it however you choose to do it. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you recognizing the difference in their deaths and one got taken away as opposed to the other one passing. Yeah. That's that right there. That that self awareness in, in that situation. Yeah, that's something that you can start healing just off of that. Absolutely, no, absolutely. Because it was a, it was one of those light bulb moments. Like, oh shit, I feel like I unlocked a new level of my fucking brain at that point. Because like I had never been in a situation to ask myself a tough question like that. Because it was tough. Because I'm like, damn, like. Why is like I don't why do I feel a way about this? You know what I mean? And, and so I had to deal with the conflict with all of that shit at the same time. And it, like I said, it took me a minute, but I, you know, I figured it out. And it felt good to figure it out. Like, oh, okay. That felt good. That feels like, like you said, like healing. It's an important word. Yeah. It, every I think that that light bulb moment happens for all of us where we just, okay, this is why I've been feeling this way. This mm-hmm. is why this is going this way. And then for me. I also have this thing where, you know, I'll have that light bulb moment. Then I'll be angry for not addressing it earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then yeah I'm no, that, like, take, that takes time too, though, to, to forgive right. yourself. Like I'm learning when I'm supposed to, you know what I'm saying? Like I, it, if I would have knew it back then with the lesson of, you know what I mean? Like, like I learned the like, lesson now. If I never went through all the stuff that yeah, I, went, exactly. I would never have gotten to Who that. Would I be, exactly. So 100%, 100%. I think that's for me, that's a big thing for me in my life is that, I've always known what I've wanted to do. I talk about it all the time. I knew what I wanted to do when I was eight years old. And I like my biggest regret in life is starting so late mm-hmm. in everything. Right. And for me, one of my most important things for me is maintaining my individuality. Mm. You mentioned your wife earlier. Yeah. How do you in a relationship maintain your individuality? Um, By having somebody that's willing to check me because she know who she knows who I am. You know what I mean? Like she knows who I am. She knows what I'm about. And so it's like she she knows when some shit ain't, you know, when, when something ain't right with me or what's going on with me or whatever. And so in, in turn, that that keeps me aware. Like, OK, yeah, let me let me always make sure that I take care of, you know, if I'm going to be able to take care of the family, I got to take care of me, you know, too. And so in that my identity, you know, exists in that. And it's not just as a provider or as a protector. It's like, nah, I'm me. 
It's just who I am. You know what I'm saying? So I never, I didn't, I didn't get with her to find out who I am or get with her because like, it's something, you know, uh, I like, I'm trying to figure it out and it's like, okay, yeah, she got the answers. Let me, you know, let me get this temporary fix. It's like, nah, she is who she is. I am who I am. She, and we compliment each other. You, you get what I'm saying? So it's yeah, like he was already a, a well-rounded person, but yeah, I'm already yeah. Completed and she's somebody second. who's like a you know you look and you like damn like that's I need that you know I I need that right there, but not to define me. I need that because that's an extension of me, and I can be an extension of her. You know what I mean? So I think part of that is like when when you give it the right person, you know what I mean? And, and like how do you know it's the right person, right? But it, th- there's a certain feeling because like with her, I knew. I, I kind of knew at a certain point, like, you know, when we, when we started like dating and started talking, it was different. You know, I talked to women before and, you know, going on dates with women before, had conversations to four in the morning, women before, all that. But this one, it was different. It was like, damn, like, I really don't want to leave right now. I really don't want to hang up with her right now. I really don't. I'm not, I don't want to show, I want to, man, go with my charger at. Like, I mean, I'll fall asleep on the phone with her. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, it's one of those type of things. Um, and I think another part of that, too, is the way that I was brought up, you know, like I was raised from love and specific love to tell me, like, why I'm important, why I'm smart, why I'm handsome, why this, why that, why I matter. And so it's like I will always know that always. So I'm going to always remain me because my foundation is love and support. And, you know, that, that's 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 what I always go back to always. You know, I, it'll never be a situation where I'm like. I need to be with somebody to establish an identity. I am who I am, you know? I feel like that's right, what you just said. I don't need to be with somebody to establish an identity. And for me, that's been one of the scariest things in my life is that I never want to lose myself in a relationship. I never mm-hmm. want to, I never want who I am to be my relationship. I always want to still be me because ever since I was a kid, you know, I grew up in a big house, a big family. Mm-hmm. We had 20 people in the goddamn crib at once. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I was always trying to find a way to show myself, be myself, have my own personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course, I wanted the same sneakers as my cousin and I wanted to be around them, but I never wanted to be the annoying cousin. So you. You. I had to find my own personality. I had to find my own thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I've kept that my entire life. And as I've gotten older, I've noticed in you know the relationships that I do have that I kind of like push them away in a in, in a manner. Yeah. Because oh no, we're getting too close. Hold on. I'm not ah, is, got you. And got I wanted to still be myself. I don't talk about relationships much because I feel like, you know, do whatever works for you. Yeah, mind, yeah. Your, mind your business, do whatever the fuck <laughs> works for you. Mind your business. Just mind, mind your business. business. That's all this mind your business. <laughs> right. So just do that, but. I think this is important because you know what too though something in my mind just now you know what too though um so i had the benefit of like both my older brothers were they were 11 years and 13 years older than me right so i had the benefit of having older brothers but being kind of raised as the only child because i was the baby and i was such the baby removed from the middle child that everybody treated me you know so like I, i had a lot of time at home playing fucking sonic 2 in Mortal Kombat and fucking um, what's the shit? Golden Axe, the okay. joint. That shit used to cheat. Oh my god, it was a cheatness. That's the most cheatness game ever, my nigga. Oh my god, I don't even want to talk about that. I love that game, but oh my god. Um, <laughs> but you know, so I had that. So a part of that was a lot of alone time in my own mind, just like 
what makes me laugh? What makes me happy? What makes me sad? What had do to I figure not out like? who you were? Yeah, I, I, I had to figure out who I was because my brothers had such strong personalities. You know, my brothers are street dudes. Right. You know what I'm saying? Smooth dudes, but street dudes. And it's like, I'm not that. I know I'm not that. And I knew that from an early age because it's like, yeah, I don't want to. I'm cool. I don't want to do that. But I had I a coming to life moment with that, too. It, 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 <laughs> I, I, you, you ever see the Mike Epps special? He was like, oh, you really got a game? Yeah, yeah. One of those moments, I said, oh, no, you really got to do, really do this shit. Oh, yeah. No, I, and, so, and so I knew I didn't want to do that. But I was like, I, I want to. It's bits and pieces of that I can take. So my brother, you know, both of my brothers are really funny. They really slick dudes and quick. So. I picked up on the way that they talked and the way that they carried themselves. And like, you know, a part of that is, is me, right? Like I'm a, I'm a part, I'm a, I'm a product of every, every, uh, you know, everybody that helped raise me, everybody that had an interaction with anything. Right. So I had to do a lot of that, a lot of sitting around, like, yeah, I don't really like that cartoon. I don't care how much my cousin like it. I don't like it. I spent enough time watching this shit by myself to know that I don't like it. And I got reasons why. So I think that's what it is too. You know what I mean? Like I always go back to that in my head too. The thing what you said about your cousins and knowing that you like the cartoon on your own. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's something that's kind of the opposite for me in the sense that even if they liked it, me sitting there with them, that nostalgia, that you know, oh yeah, for togetherness oh, for sure. of it. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes me no matter even if I didn't like it, because I'm pretty sure for me, I'm the only person that still loves Martin to this day in my family. Nah, nah, nah. You already know. Bro, bro, listen. Martin, come on every day. You know, if you got YouTube TV or whatever you got. I watch Martin every, every single day of my life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I can quote every episode except for that um, Forgotten Season 5 thing. That yeah, they did. I, yeah, I want to talk about Season 4. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, even that, like, I'm pretty sure that they only sat there with me for that companionship yeah. for that. oh oh no for like sure that, you know no what I mean? now what you're talking about right there is the admiration right like that's what that's what it was like for my older brothers because they would sometimes listen to music that i didn't necessarily i didn't like i didn't listen to e40 in my spare time but they did so i when i would listen to it with them i'm like i like what's going on right now the music is just like background music or whatever, right. but I like this. Like this now, when, high, you hear, yeah. when you hear it now, how does it make you feel? When I hear E40 right now, when I hear certain songs, I can almost smell the room that I was in when you know I was with my older brothers or the car or whatever. You know what I mean? So it was it was important. So you definitely right about that. Absolutely. And I think about that too with like my grandfather. I was in a base. Like I grew up thinking basketball, basketball, basketball. And then I don't know what happened, what changed. My grandfather was obsessed with baseball. Like that's all he cared yeah, about. My, my pops was, yeah, my pops loved baseball too. So then we yeah. just started watching <laughs> the Yankees. And then I became the biggest Yankee fan. Yeah. Like, I like baseball now more than I like basketball, which is- uh, Yeah, you know I mean? can imagine, bro, yeah. And it's just because of those moments where I can remember sitting there, like I was sitting in front of his bed watching baseball with him. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that, that's, oh, that's, that's fire. That's such a moment. And he had a yeah. zenith. So imagine when um Raekwon was like on like a 27 inch zenith. Yeah. I said, Oh, you you speak in my life. Speaking <laughs> yeah, turn that up. Right. Um no, that's a fact. When we talk about those type of relationships, I, I want to transition to you know, children. Uh, I don't have any children of my own. I have oh, my man. Family. Yeah. And you know, I feel like they've changed my perspective on so much. Um, just being around them. And then there's also the kids that I mentor and the kids that I work with and stuff like that. How have having children changed you? Man, listen, 
I think I was always destined to have children because like, you know, my, my brother's children were like, you know, they were like mine at a certain point when I was a kid even because, um, so I'll tell the story real quick. Right. So when I was, when I was first born, uh, I, and I still have this, like this toy, it's in my room right now. Right. I'm 33 year old grown man with three kids and pets and all this shit. And I still have this from the, from the first day of my, my life, my older brother, Dre, who was killed, he bought me this, the day that I was born, like the night that I was born, right? Like he bought this from me from like downstairs in the hospital. And you know, he, he, he bought it with his own money. He bought it from me. So fast forward when he has his first son back in 98, I was 10. I was saving up this, I had this blue piggy bank. I'll never forget it. I was saving money all year. When I broke it open at the end of the year, I had like $96, right? Out of all pennies, nickels, dollars here and there, whatever. I spent all my money on his son. You know what I'm saying? You know, off of that, because it's like, I wanted to, because it's like, yeah, this is what I want to do for him because this is the influence he's been on me. And my children now, bro, they, they changed my perspective on life, bro. Like I understand now that nothing I ever did in my life was a mistake. Nothing I ever did was, could be considered a failure because I got a lesson that I can teach them. And it's about them. That's what it's about. Like my life, it's not about, and, 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 and I'm not saying it's like, it, like what I do doesn't matter. It's not that, but it's not about me. It's about them. Everything I ever done, that every mistake, wrong turn I ever took, everything. That mistake thing that you just said, I, 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 that's something that I go through a lot is mistakes are made to be corrected. Absolutely. You, you have to. Right. Now listen, I don't ever want to take advice from somebody who never made a mistake. You oh, can't listen, teach me I, shit. That's a thing for me. You I can't take teach advice me shit. I don't take advice from anybody without scars. Like, bro, if, listen, if you... If, yeah. if you never, if you never made a mistake, you never got a question wrong. You never got an error on anything you ever did at work. You can't teach me shit. You know why? Because you don't know what adversity feels like. So when I come to you with some, some pain, you don't even know what it feels like. You can't tell me nothing. You can't tell me shit. Period. Yeah, so when I sit my kids down. Not and, a personality. Yeah, when I, listen, theory, when I right. sit my kids down and I talk to them about things, I speak from a, a place of love, but I speak from a place of, like, look, I'm happy you're going through this because now I can, now the teaching starts. Like, this is a teachable moment. You know what I mean? So, you know, I, I was already a, a loving person, but they give that love back to me. And it's like, that should have make you cry, dog. Like, that yes. should have make you cry. Man. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, man. For, yeah. I'm talking about even just, even just those Think little moments. Right. Even just On those little own. moments, bro. If I'm just driving and I hear a song that, like, I was listening to with my daughter one day and it's like, oh, shit, like. <laughs> should have just come over and you like I'm about to cry. Fuck it, it is what it is. I'm about to cry, nigga. Seeing kids <laughs> being around kids, it changes everything about you. You soften up a little bit. Yeah, you just start looking at what what's not important. Like none of this shit matters. None of it, <laughs> Listen, all no, that bravado, all that whatever. Bro, walking past it's niggas on real. the street, have feeling like you got a mean mug and nigga. In. You know, all oh, yeah, nigga, that shit don't mean that shit is about nothing, bro. You got like, it, you got yeah, it. you listen, you got it, bro. You, <laughs> you if it. you if you think that this staring match was a real match and you won, you congratulations, bro. Go see the people at the front for the fucking medal, right? You got it. I'm cool on all that dumb shit, bro. Because what's important to me is when I get the progress reports and the teachers are telling me she's a joy to have in my class. You know what I'm saying? She's I, we love her here. Or she's doing so great. This, that, and the third. And it's like, ooh, those are the moments that I, you know, that's what that's what does it for me. 
let me ask you something because you you're a competitive person right oh uh-huh. and you remember how we used to compete about and we used to talk <laughs> shit about writing and that like, people <laughs> always think like when i talk shit about writing and tell everybody that i'm the greatest like it's not every, not people it's, it's not for everybody they can't take it they everybody can't take, take it. it it's, it's, it's not like, a malicious thing like i just really am that competitive like, about like, like this nigga i'm gonna tell y'all right now like this nigga al used to um he'll get in the group chat and be like all right, so I'm dropping something this week. Who's competing for number two? Which one of y'all gonna be number two? <laughs> He's like, nigga, what? What you, like, what do you mean? Nigga, it, immediately you go to like, that shit ain't about the, nigga, yeah, right. The shit I'm about to drop gonna be way, and it's not malicious. It's like, nah. It's this motivation. Nigga thing, it's like, yeah, hey, like, this it's, nigga's it's tripping. Iron sharpening iron. That's <laughs> Absolutely. all it is for me. Like, I want everybody to be the best of Absolutely. whatever they do. And how do you, you know, instill that into your children to be competitive or not be competitive or not let it own their life. Because for me at a point being competitive ruined me because it almost gave me this weird ass ego Mm -hmm. where, Oh, you just got, how much money did you just make? All right. I got to go get 10. You just Mm -hmm. made 30. (laughs) I got to go get 60. Like, so how do you, and and I I checked that because it was just like, what's the, who cares? Mm -hmm. What's the point of that? Nobody cares. Yeah. Like, and it, it almost got to a point where I was competing with myself and not in a positive way where I'm trying to make something better and better. It's just yeah. that I kept looking around to see, oh, this person thinks they're the best. I bet. Watch, I got to beat that. Yeah. So how do you teach children to, hey, all right, to a point, yeah, you don't want to just have, you know, uh, participation trophies, of course, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, is it, it's not everything. Yeah. How it's- do you teach them that? Part of that is in the um part of that is 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 before they even sign up for whatever field it is, right? Like you know, my daughter's in the ballet and music, so you know you look around and you like, hmm, do you want to do this? You really want to do that? Okay, cool. So now the goal here is, I want you to have fun. I want you to have fun. So if you go there, I know it's gonna be competitive. I'm gonna tell you beforehand, like, hey, look, you practicing right? You make sure you practicing. You doing your thing. All right, cool. You know, make sure. You know, and I'm and I'm gonna tell them they're the best. Like, nah, you did, come on, man, come on, 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 you know what I mean? Like, cool. I don't want you to ever go out there. Like, like, like a lot of people had a problem with Anthony Edwards before the draft because he said that the basketball wasn't his life. Right. I was happy. You know why? A lot of the great stuff we grew up watching, basketball was their life. And when the, and when the game when decided it was, over, it was done with they them, <laughs> they their life was over. They all, you know, wrestlers, OD. Look at Scottie Scotty like, Pippen. Scottie Pippen don't even, he, man, he has no place in the world. Scottie right? Pippen look like a Fortnite character right now. Like... <laughs> I ain't gonna look crazy, bro. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Ever. That was my favorite player as a kid, man. And, and you a Knicks fan, and but and, and you know I, him walking over you and I ain't mean to bring it up again, that. but I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but um, but nah, but just, but to answer your question, um, you know, I I want them to have fun in this shit. You know what I mean? I don't want them to get to a point where it's like you like you you so you so worried about the win and beating that person over there that you just like yeah like this without. Nah, do it for the win. You know what I mean? So when they get into like, you know, if, if they get into sports, like more competitive type of things, then I think the conversation might change. But like right now, they're in, they're in like team things, right? Like we're part of one one band, one sound type shit. You know what I mean? 
right. we we all gonna do good at the performance and you know when it comes to ballet and shit. So I think that when it comes to competition though, I always lead with love and, and fun and shit like that. You know what I mean? I, I struggle with that because of how competitive I, I am and how competitive I was, especially as a kid. Like how I grew up, my cousin and I, we would play basketball in the backyard and I'm talking about till we fist fought, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, for sure. And that's something yeah. else that goes into not apologizing because we would do that. And then the very next day, go right back outside and play. Yeah, no, absolutely. Apologizing every every single time. It. Yeah. And we just act like it was nothing. Yeah. And not, no, no, see, not see, not to cut you off. Now, when my son, now when my son, you know, my son is two. Mm-hmm. Now, when he gets of age, he may, the first thing that may catch his attention may be more competitive things. So I think that maybe that conversation may be a little different because we, he loves basketball. Every time he sees me watching basketball, he's like, daddy, like basketball. Every single time. So I'm like, okay, I see what you, I see what you like already. So this is probably going to be a shit. And we're going to have to have that conversation. I'm going to have to show you footage of Kobe and Mike. And I'm going to have to tell you about these guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> and for me, I was pushed into competition. Like when my cousin and I, we both got bikes at the same time. I had to ride my bike with two wheels before him. I had to run faster than him when we used to race in the street. I had to beat him in basketball. And if I didn't, it ruined my night. It ruined my yeah. life for the night. Facts. And I just finally, like I said, I just finally started getting over that part of my, I'm still competitive. Like I, I, I keep repeating that because I don't want people to think I lost my edge. Like, listen, I'm still yeah. in number one. I still want to <laughs> be the best. Like, like yeah. that's still a thing for me, but it's more of a person. Oh, no, it should be. Yeah, no, it should be because like that, you have to believe that you, listen, when, when it comes to writing anything like that, you have, if you don't believe you're the best, you're not going to be no point good. doing it. Yeah, you're not even going to be good if you don't believe that you're the best. You think that, bro, there's no rapper on the earth that doesn't think, like, nigga, get over here with me. I'm burning him. You better think that. He not yeah. going to come if you don't think that. <laughs> you know I, what I'm I saying? Feel, I feel that way. But then, you know, with writing, you know, it's, it's like, then you have these torturous, like, three hours of, I fucking suck. What is this? I can't do this. Bro, I'm listen, terrible. dog. And, the, uh, and then you get one sentence that nobody else in the world is ever going to care about. But for you, it means yeah. everything. You're like, like, oh, motherfucker. That's it. <laughs> right. And you just feel so amazing to you. And I think that's what helped me change um, my, my competitive spirit is this, that yeah. it started becoming about affirmation as opposed to validation. Mm, and it, it just, like that. it made me feel good. I didn't need to beat you to feel good. I like I that. just needed to feel good for myself. See, and that's what I'm talking about when I say I'm I'm talking, I'm leading with love and like fun. Like, did you have fun? What did you do? Oh, I did this, I did that. Cool. Good day then. That's 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 a that's a good fucking job then. Now, speaking about competition, we brought a basketball a little bit, and you know, this year is gonna be the 75th anniversary of the NBA, which is crazy because I remember the 50 like it was yesterday, so that yeah. old as shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, we know that a list is going to come out, right? And yeah, yeah, for sure. It gets the people going, right? It's provocative. Mm-hmm. And so the 75th list is probably going to have 75 on it, right? That makes the most sense. Yeah. I, I don't want to go into 25. All right, but out of, give me five people outside of Wade, Kobe, Dirk, LeBron, and KD, because I feel like those are absolute, Yeah, they're locks. Yeah. Right? Give me five players that you think belong on that list. Oh man. So my five is probably gonna be a little guard heavy because um the game has changed. To get a game, you know, and, and it's kind of like a sign of the times, right? So I'm gonna say Steph easily, right? That's one of them. I'm gonna say Chris Paul. 
And I I still think Chris Paul looks like he'll smoke with you in the parking lot and then get you drug tested, but you can't oh, yeah. deny that. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and then he'll turn into Cliff real quick. Yeah, he'll do that. The mustache will just grow immediately. You know what I mean? But um, so Steph, Chris Paul, um, damn man. AI. AI has to be there. I think that he probably should be the first name said if we're just being honest. Um, damn, B, this is hmm. This fourth one, man. I <laughs> I don't know, man. But you know, I know we probably gonna agree on this. We should agree on this, and I think he belongs there because he's a, a very influential guy. Um, his story is incredible, and like his game, a lot of people don't. A lot of people just remember the, like, what have you done for me lately type shit. Um, Carmelo Anthony. Listen. Let's say Carmelo There's no Anthony. bigger Carmelo Anthony fan on the planet yeah. <laughs> at all. I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just going to say. And I love Melo, bro. Like, he belongs there. Love Melo, bro. Like, I'm, you know, I'm serious, dog. You know, so even that, that little time he took away from basketball when he came back, all, all of right, it. Hold on a second. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> He didn't take time away. Well, he kicked him out. Of well, no, they kicked him out. But then but then he talked about how in his own mind, he was like, well, fuck the game. Then, you know, what I'm saying like, fuck it. You know, it is what if the shit done with me, I'm done. You know, so. So, yeah, you 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 would be right in that in that regard. Like they 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 took it away from him and he was like, all right, whatever. But then he but then he came back. You know, what I mean, he's, he's, he's still mellow, man. You know, uh, so Carmelo, this, Chris Webber is, is the last one. I love Chris and, and I'm happy that he got into the Hall of Fame. And, yeah, no, absolutely. And and I and the reason why I say Chris Webber is because there are agents out there right now having conversations about some player that's in the 10th grade because he plays like Chris Webber. Whether they say his name or not, the way that they describe his game and his approach Pain. to it is going to be Chris Webber because that's that's literally what you see these big guys are right now, stretch like four, the stretch fours Webber. and all that. That's what they're what they what they're really doing is mispronouncing Chris Webber. When they stay stretch four, they really mean Chris Webber. Like that, 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 and for me, the fact that every team that he went to, he changed the trajectory of, of them in his absolutely career. Golden State went from the lottery to the playoffs. The yes. Washington Bullets went from nothing to the playoffs. Sacramento went nigga from when Sacramento. he came into the league, nigga. The dream team was like, Hey, turn that shit off. We ain't about to nah get up out of hey. here. He's nigga kicking our ass. We ain't finna show y'all that. Like, nah. So it I think like I think that. them for sure. Um, and, and so if I if I had to say like one honorable mention, I'll say Ray Allen. He should definitely he should definitely be there. I agree with you on Ray yeah. Allen. Well, that, that that's a good one for me. I don't want to see Reggie Miller on the list. I, I, that's not Nick's, <laughs> that's not Nick's hate. I just look at it. I think it always no time, man. Uh, he just does. He's he's for me. He's one of the most overrated players ever. Um, if it wasn't for his performances in MSG, he would not be a Hall of Famer. He would just be. A guy if, with you know, a I'll lot take of it a threes. step further. If he didn't play in the era that he played in, and, and it's not that he's not a dog, right? He, he can hoop. He can hoop his ass off. There's no. It ain't no accidental. You know, Hall of Famers ain't. None of, well, let me not say that because. Uh, the Clyde dresses in it, but anyway, I, I, I we, ain't, we, ain't gonna do, we ain't gonna do that. We ain't gonna do that. The Clyde, no, no, don't do the Clyde. We, we, we ain't gonna do that. Um, but anyway, I think that he Reggie Miller benefits from the area that he played in because it's like, oh, he played against Mike, he played against this guy, that guy, and it's like, yeah, yeah, but mm, he's not better than is he better than Clay? He better than Clay no. Thompson, even some guys in his area. Is he better than Mitch Richmond? Right, <laughs> was he better than Glenn Rice? <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, no, he wasn't. For yeah. me, Mitch Richmond and Michael Jordan said it him damn so. That's the hardest player he's ever played against. That was the toughest guy to guard. Mitch that was, was him. Player. Yeah, Mitch was Barack. him. Mitch so who you, 
I'm interested. I'm, I'm sure that we have some players in common on the, on the five. So who's your, uh, who's, who's your five? Jason Kidd, number one, because that's my okay. favorite point guard Ooh. ever. Okay. Favorite, Russell Westbrook, my favorite player. Yes. Ever. Yes. Longs. Yes. Um, damn. Yo, real quick on Russell Westbrook. Yeah. When I was a kid, my dad used to live and die by, you know, <laughs> the original triple double. Big o. Right? The big O. He was like, yo, he averaged a triple double. Nobody, you know, and in my head, Impossible. my whole life, I was like, ain't nobody gonna ever do yeah. that shit again. This nigga Russ did it like four out of five seasons, and they act like it's just normal, like it's nothing. They're like, yeah, he averaged a triple double, but what? But what? What do you mean? No, there is no nothing. <laughs> no that's historic. There's no, but. yo, yeah, that's great. Yeah, but I, I just had to say that. Yeah, he, he's the most. He's to me the most disrespected player in NBA history, aside from Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, so we got Jason Kidd, we got Russ. Russ, I'm gonna have to put Dame up there. Okay, um, I'm not. I love Dame. I'm not mad it, at that. Yeah, Dame goes up there because for me, he raised his game in the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I understand. Oh, his team has. But look at the team around him. Yeah, look at the team. They just signed Tony Snell. Right. Like, come on. Well, we gotta say nothing else about that. <laughs> I know it might be early. Mm, who you Giannis about to say? Gotta go, Giannis got Giannis. Go on the list. He has to go on the list. Hmm. Yeah. You know what? Game six put Giannis there. And not and not just that one was game one of alone. the most incredible performances I've ever seen. Yeah, and not I one take game back alone. every bad word I've ever said about that. Man. Yeah, I was just about to say that it's not just that game. It's not like his career was whatever before yeah. that. We knew what he can do, and it was like, oh shit, he's really. It was like the movie really where it's like, like man, yeah. <laughs> I know Godzilla got the fucking beam he could use. Why he didn't use the beam and then use it at the end? And you like, oh shit, like he really did it. Like, yeah. So yeah, okay. I was disrespect. I was disrespecting him because his skill. You know, but at the same time, who cares? Productivity is productive. You fell, in, you fell into that James Harden shit. Like, I oh, did, I absolutely fell into that. And, and, <laughs> and he does, but at the same time, it works. So who cares? Yeah, I mean, like, shit, I mean, look at imagine, Shaq. <laughs> imagine me as a Knicks fan giving a fuck about how we won. <laughs> Man, listen, care. nigga. You know what I mean? So Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then the other guy I want to put up there. This I have an honorable mention. But the next, the fifth guy I want to put is going to have to be James Harden. Um, okay. James Harden belongs up there. Okay. Um, my honorable mention guy, I don't know how everybody feels about him, but for me, <laughs> he belongs. It's Chris Bosh. Um, mm. Mm. Like he was the most, he's one of the most disrespected players in NBA history as well, because he was the third fiddle in the big three and such, but he belongs there. Um, mm. I'm, I'm not mad at that. I mean, we know that KG, Paul Pierce, all of them guys, they're going to be up there. No, You know what I mean? No doubt. But yeah. Chris Bosh, without Chris Bosh, Miami doesn't win those championships. No, absolutely. Because his defense, and I'm, I'm, him stretching yeah. the floor. I'm, I'm about to sound like a, like a shot to Scott. I'm about to sound like some, you know, whatever Bulls fan or whatever. But we, you, you niggas realize that we beat them niggas by 20 points in that first game in the Eastern Conference Finals. And then for the next, for the rest of the series, Boozer abused Carlos Boozer abused him that was the difference that was the difference go so, back and look at that series bro that was the x right off his damn forehead oh, listen man <laughs> shout out to chris bosh man because that's that's a great that's an all-time nba great that like you say he doesn't get enough credit because he doesn't get the, the respect team. that yeah. he deserves at all yeah um absolutely he was, he was a whole franchise player in toronto it was like Sheik luch in the locks like a lot of people just it's easy it's easy I don't to like, be like I'd never like disrespecting Cheek Loops. I yeah, that's it. what I'm saying. It's 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 easy to be like, yeah, you third, yeah, but I'm third to kiss 
in styles. I'm yeah. not third to like you and the nigga down the block. Like I'm right. third to two niggas that can go in your top five. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like I feel like it's the same kind of comparison. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel about yeah. Blueprint too, by the way, because yeah. it's like it's sandwiched between the Blueprint. And the Black Bro, album. don't listen. How the don't fuck else was that album? Don't don't get me started on the Blueprint too, dog. That album, they ha- that album has a lot of songs from Hove that mean a lot to me, a lot. Meet the Parents is one of the greatest storytelling yeah, songs ever, ever. Ever. Like he had Lizzie Heavy Baby. D on there. He had Lenny Kravitz on there. He had like, come on, dog. He had I did it my way. If I had he to teach, show you how to, yo, he had to, how to teach do a class this about rap, Hovey Baby's the first song I'm playing. Oh my god! I don't god, know what he nigga. was on. I don't know how do you do that. What was he? Yeah, he did that. I don't even understand like the flow that he, yeah he used. Like now it's time to rewind and rewind my. I'm the position that I, like <laughs> when he did that shit. I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, rap is different now. He's yeah, this nigga's this nigga's something. And then Blueprint too. The song, the second verse on that is my second favorite verse of all time. Because listen, Ether was Ether. I'm not gonna sit here and try to uh, uh, revise yeah. history. Nas one, all right, whatever. But Blueprint two, spank man. That. Listen, dog. And I'm so mad that it came at a point where everybody, quote unquote, didn't care. Nigga, you care? Stop it. But you yeah, know, see, the battle the, was over with. That, that's I guess. one of the funniest things to me about Ether <laughs> is that everybody uses that word as like it's, it's gonna end you, but it didn't even end Hove. Yeah, you know what I'm saying so. It's like that's maybe my nigga Nas, but I got stronger at the ether. Wow, like you know what I mean? It's yeah. yeah. <laughs> so man, we about to get out of here, brother. I appreciate you being here. Nah, absolutely, man. You already know. Uh, this was this was very productive. This felt good to do. I nah, it, it felt it felt good, and it was you know it was like I said, it was long overdue, and it um, you know, and, and I want to say this too, like because. If you're anybody who's, you know, you, you might be going through something or there might be some misunderstanding with you and like a loved one, you know, be open to that conversation, you yeah, know, because it's, it's easy sad. to go so long where it's like it didn't happen that you don't even know how you're going to react when it does. But be open to having that conversation um, and, and understand that <clears throat> whatever higher power you believe in, right, whatever, whatever that may be, that none of this shit is by accident, you know. People are put into your life, remove the bit, and then you know place back in your life when it when it makes sense. Because who knows? Like I, I, you know, we we went you know fork in the road, right? We talked about that before, and I wrote the foreword to that. You know what I'm saying? Who knows if that shit wasn't destined to happen, and then we meet back up when it make perfect sense, and and you know, and all the fucking stars and planets align when it makes sense, and you don't understand this now, but in the grand scheme, in the end, you will. You know what I mean? But That'd be my piece of advice to anybody. Like, be willing to have that conversation, whether it's uncomfortable, whether you can't finish it in one sitting. It take you two, three days to have it, or it take yeah, you no a one month. conversation ever fixed anything. Yeah, or, or it take you a month to get the courage to send it. Send it with no expectations. Just send it because it was on your heart to do that, to say that, you know, and be ready for any answer you get because it, it it's not gonna always end in a good story or happily, you know, ever after tell. Sometimes they might tell you, go, go fuck yourself because you don't know how it affected them. So be ready for that as well. But be open to the conversation is what is what I would say. And even if it's not a loved one, I think black men in general, like, fix any misunderstanding yeah. we have. Because what's the yeah. fucking point? We, we at war with each other for what? When we at war with them, too. And it's like, my nigga, listen, rot. I have no hate in my heart and no anybody like notions me. about black people. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's not. I don't want anybody to take that and be like, oh, so what about this? I don't, I don't have that. I don't have that on my heart for anybody. But these are the people that I'm around every day. And I want them to know when I see you at the gas station or at the store at Walmart or whatever, 
Bro, I wasn't looking at you no type of way, and I ain't think you was looking at me I no think, type yo, of I way. I think about that you know all the time. I think about uh, all the time. Like, I always make the comparison because I, I remember one day, I think, I, I forgot where I was at. I was in some store, Dunkin' Donuts, Starbucks, whatever the fuck, right? And I'm standing there, and I see this black dude. So I say good morning to him, and he just kind of grits at me and whatever, like. Then a white dude walks in and says good morning, and he said good morning back to him. Yeah, my nigga, listen, that bro, we got that we shit gotta, fucked me up so. I'm much. telling you, my nigga, I'm who you're supposed to fuck with. Absolutely, dog, for real. Like even when I moved down here, when I moved down here to Georgia back in 2012, I had to get used to walking past somebody who spoke to me that didn't have a hidden agenda. You know what I'm saying? Like, I had to get used to that shit. Like they'll be like, "Hey, you know what's up, man?" I'm like, "Hey, what up?" Now I look back and I'm like, "He really wasn't on." Nothing. All right, cool. Like. You know it's different, so we we have to get up out of that for real, man. Like, yeah, that paranoia, to, that paranoia that we have, that for what? Yeah, like you already on defense. When you look, see yeah, me. this person looks like you. Yeah, you are, you already defensive when you see me. We 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 already can't have a conversation because what if I want to come to you and say, hey man, what's up, man? Salute, you know whatever. I don't even know you, but salute to you, man. I hope you have a blessed day. You look at a nigga like he bugging out. Like what? What you mean? You hope I have it? It's like damn. Yeah, like we yeah we 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 definitely got to get up out of that. That's important. That's very important. All right, y'all. That's it for this week. That's the first guest. That's Mary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, tell them where to check you at. Yeah, man. You know, hit me on Twitter, man. Uh, at Mariano, two N's, two O's. Like I tell your aunt, she asked me for money. Um, On Instagram, at Mariano Bivers. <laughs> this nigga. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of aunties. Now, nah, let me chill. <laughs> <laughs> the aunties be on me. That's next episode. <laughs> that's another episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aunties. That's another episode. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. Um, no, I love you, my nigga. I love you too, yeah, man. Sincerely, been too long, bro. I'm glad. You know, I'm glad. I'm glad we back mobbing and shit, man. For real, bro. Black men, I hope, and black women as well. I hope that this conversation made y'all see something in yourselves. Go fix that relationship that y'all want to go fix. And look how we just back. It felt like I was. Yeah, back. it's right back. Yeah, like right you know, back. like I said, none, none of it because none of it was was rooted in like oh man i see that nigga man i'm you know it wasn't that it was always like it'll it happen one day you know hopefully it happened one day you know and it did and it's, you know it says a beautiful thing man you know what i mean absolutely man it makes me feel very good to have you back in my life my nigga i appreciate you very much my nigga. Nah, you already know bro always black people i love y'all white people go fuck yourselves <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and do remember the light at the end of the tunnel is your own reflection <laughs> and i see you on the other side neighborhood made me special most comfortable when the temp is rising me classic shit out of nothing that's what i specialize in i pull up it's miracle exercising the evil on the inside it will matter your physical's mesmerizing nothing came to me easily do you believe in me weaving out a reality always there when i need to be moved don't let the demon see i got it on lock go key for key ain't no teaching me i've been through it all repeatedly make it without leaving your soul awareness is the key to control you forget back a breathing reload telling is telling fuck the reason he told, woe to the young, wild and reckless, hope you live to be old.